Hey residents of Meeple Town, this is Dean. Johnny Vall. And today we're going to be looking at a couple games we've been playing lately. Then we're going to be doing back-to-back -back reviews of Catan Starfares and Alubari, a nice cup of tea. So thanks for joining us for episode number 29. Alright, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with his headphones on, with his turntable out. DJ Dean! How? So, Dean's dressed like a DJ just because before the episode started, he started making that noise in the microphone. So, hey. Did I? Yes. No, no, you didn't even make that noise. <laughs> I don't know what you noise you're talking about. You didn't even make, you were, you were doing the beatboxing. Oh, I got you. Yep, I do that sometimes. Yeah, you do. You Brings know, me back to my DJ days. You know why I'm Johnny Vall? Um, because you guys beat Vanderbilt? Remember, remember at, how long ago was this? September? Uh, Meeple Town, if you were listening in September, I said I am Johnny Dunzo. I am done with the Tennessee Vols because we lost to Georgia State. And I'm tired of getting my heart crushed. Since then, I have literally watched every single game. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't be done. <laughs> and with uh, yep, and we did. We went to the. I went to the game on Saturday, as we say in Tennessee, Saturday, and we uh, won. And against we powerhouse ended up with, Vanderbilt. Yeah, I know. But hey, I'm not. I'm not excited about hey, my that, team really. lost. So. I'm just excited that we're seven and five. I know that that's still not very good, but we're something. Yeah, you guys got crushed. What happened? Yeah, I knew that was gonna happen. I was watching that game, hoping you would look win. Look at the look at the Facebooks. You can see that I called it. I knew that we were gonna get whipped. Do you think that Jim Harbaugh is your I, man? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you want to talk about some games? Yeah, maybe. How about a poll? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. All right, so let me pull up our poll that I should have already had pulled up. It's a, I do, actually. All right, so here's a question, Dean. What percentage of your Christmas wish list is board games? Mine? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the poll thing and then I'm gonna we're gonna <laughs> we wanna know what yours is. Okay. So one hundred percent, baby. Around seventy five percent. 50% or less, or nunya, don't need any more games. Nunya means, like, I don't want to answer you. I didn't write nunya. I wrote oh, okay. <laughs> so, so where do you think, first of all, Meeple Town business. is? Where do you think they are? 175, 50 or less, or no more games? Well, we have some people that aren't just board gamers that follow us, I think. So I'm going to take that into consideration. Okay. All right. Take it yeah. in. I'm also trying to read your facial expression to see if I'm in the, the ballpark. You can't even know anything about my facial expression. All right. I'm going to go with certainty, 75%. Is the is the highest one? That's what you're going your, for? I'm reading your face first. You, well, you, you looked a whole lot less certain after I said that. 75% is correct. It is, actually. Dang it. How did you know? You looked, didn't you? No, I didn't. Oh, you looked. I didn't. I, yeah. I saw you had a poll, and the, I think there were, yeah, I don't remember. It was pretty early on in the poll when I saw that you put it up. Well, 38.9% said around 75. There's still three hours left, but hey. 50% says, excuse me, 33.3% says 50% or less. 22% says 100% baby. 
and only 5% say none. So there's only 5% of our Meeple Town folks who we didn't get tons of votes on this, actually, because Johnny Johnny Vall forgot to do a poll and I threw it out last night, so not, not a lot of time. <laughs> but 100% is 22. Oh, I already said that. 5% is none. So get some new 38. Material. 33, 22, and 5, and that is around 75 is number 1, 50% or less is number 2, 100% is number 3, and none, don't need any more, is number 4. Where do you fall in line on that list for your Christmas wish list? Well, I am, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know that I am right in the midst of a move right now. Yes, you are. (laughs) And so a Christmas list is not even... Not even a thing for me right now, but let's what will say, it be? Because it will be right after you move, you'll you'll have a quick Christmas, a Christmas, a Christmas <laughs> list. You know, for my birthday, for my birthday, I didn't I didn't ask for any games. I said, of course, we were getting a lot of games in, Essen games, and I was like, oh goodness gracious, we, we got to get some stuff out. Um, but there's a couple older games that I would really like. Uh, we actually talked about this before the show, so yeah. I would say I would say probably 100 percent because I just I don't really have much uh, anything else on the mind other than like house stuff. So. Yeah, so that's where I'm at pretty much. I mean, there's like a thing or two that I might ask for. I had my birthday yesterday, by the way. Happy birthday to me, Johnny! Birthday is what I should have called myself. <laughs> Happy um, birthday! And I, yeah, and I, <laughs> I just I just rejected that birthday. Wish. Probably because I didn't I didn't tell you happy birthday. You texted I, I've been me to a, say, I've been "Hey, it's my birthday." birthday. <laughs> I didn't even think about. It. I don't care about people. Telling hey, me hey guys, birthday. it's my birthday. Will somebody wish me a happy birthday? I just texted him a picture of the games I got. I don't care about people wishing me happy birthday. Let me tell you what I with, got with the comment that said. Happy birthday to me. To me. I know I have to wish myself happy birthday. Golly. Because <laughs> nobody is, else did. This is what I got. I got baseball highlights 2045, oh, yeah. which uh, we talked about last episode. I got Zulkin, the Mayan calendar, which I really enjoy but just have never owned. Excited about that. I got the Orleone trade and intrigue expansion, the Tuscany expansion for Viticulture. I got the Hall of Heroes expansion for Raiders of the North Sea. And the only new game I got is Paladins of the West Kingdom, which may or may may or may may or may not be the next uh, review we do on a podcast. Oh, well, we have we'll to see. do it now. I, I didn't say, I said may or may not. Okay, all right. So I've found, uh, thinking about this Christmas, which again, mine's about 100%. Um, I typically, because we get so many new games like reviews and stuff want some old like Zulkins or something that's just not in my collection that I'm excited or even baseball highlights which is new to me fairly new to me um which I really enjoy so I'm actually I know a couple more games I'm getting for Christmas which include games like A Feast for Odin that I've never owned and stuff like that so anyway I'm excited about Christmas (laughs) Yahoo that's a good story dude Uh, I'm just kidding kidding. episode over (laughs) Just Friend, kidding. Friendship. I'm over. I'm pretty pumped about Paladins and uh, uh, Zulkin because I've never played Zulkin before, so I, I really do want to play this. I'm interested to see how you feel about it. Actually, I don't know if you'll like it or not. I mean, you didn't like Teoda Walken, which you said you thought that I might like it. better. I think you will like it better, but yeah. you didn't like that though, hardly at all. So it's like, like a six and a half. That's... Yeah, I guess it's that's not terrible. Yeah, but, but, okay. I'd, I'd play it again. And, um, man, I'll tell you what, all these, like, the Cyber Monday and Black Friday deals have my head going, like, berserk right now. They're not as good as last year, though. No. Miniature Marts is definitely not as good. But there's some that I've really, like, okay, at the top of my list of games that I really, really want is, are you ready? Dude, I'm, I was right. born ready. Black Orchestra, 
which what? is probably number three on this. It sounds a, like a gothic game. It's a, <laughs> it's a <laughs> uh, orchestra like a uh, World War Two era cooperative game. Yeah, there is. Uh, what what did I just say? There there was Altiplano, which is Alta probably at the Plano. top of my list, and I, that was on sale the other day, which I did not pick up. And then London Second Edition, yeah, also, cool. yeah, that was on sale. I I did passed up all the sales, well, but anyway, I didn't quite. So hey, I didn't I didn't bite on a lot of them though. There's just a couple that I got for Christmas. That, You're like right, I said, though. There weren't a ton out there, really. Nah, there were some. I mean, there were some good. There's still some good ones that I like. Looked at this morning and saw cool stuff. Inc. has. What did I say that I was interested in this morning? Look, and now I, now we can't even remember that. I, I mean, Goo Gong is a pretty good deal. Crusaders, that will be done. I, I, I'm interested in that game, though. I heard it was kind of light, and I'm afraid that it might be like really fun for a game or two and that I might get tired of it. But it may be the most amazing game ever, so I don't know. Yeah. You should tweet at us or something, Meeple Town, if you like Crusaders, that will be done, or if you don't like it. Yeah, let and, us know. And let us know like what's on your, what is on your list. Yeah. You know, you, you put a, and people may have, I haven't looked at the Twitter to see if that's on there, but you know, if you, if you got 100% games on your christmas wish list or 75 percent. what are those games yeah, what are they about that's good let us know put it in the uh, bgg hey you should do a thread do a little thing in the bgg guild will do build guild build build number 3407 Seven. all right so speaking of games what have you been playing lately dean give me a game or two buddy let me let me start off with one that i don't even know why i'm bringing this one up other than the fact that i've never played this game before and i know that you I don't think you like this game at all. In fact, I think you hate this game. How can you talk about a game you've been playing lately if you've never played it before? No, no, no. I never played it before, like, last week. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry. I may have said that what wrong. What have you been playing lately? Uh, Let's talk about a game I've never played before. Never That's exactly played. what you said. <laughs> um, this is a game that came out in 1988. I'm just going to start. It's a speed game. It is... By designer Marsha J. Falco. You're going to talk about Set. Set. Are you kidding me? A game that probably no one cares to hear me talk about. But you know, there are people that really like this game. <laughs> no, though, you're right. You're that right. Really love that game. You know, you know, you know. I work with college students, and this is what they're playing right now. Like for the ones that really like playing games, like board games and card games, they're playing set like for hours a day. And so my uh, my intern Peyton taught me how to play this game, and he waxed the floor with me one because he's some kind of like set savant yeah but if you've played it a lot it makes it i mean there's no way you're gonna you're you're, you're gonna whip everybody right but i have a really really brilliant mind and i that's debatable <laughs> yeah it is not debatable it's not true and <laughs> i am awful at this game and i don't know if i really even care for it at all it's not anything that i'm like hey i really want to play this but i felt like sets a game that you have to play i guess right like phase 10 or something all like right that. so the first time i played this game uh, our buddy Matt brought it out with his uh, with Will, who is six. Is that right? Is that accurate? Maybe seven. Seven, I think. Seven yeah. now. He was probably six whenever uh, whenever we played it, and he tried to teach me the game, and I didn't even understand it. I mean, in this game, if you don't know what set is, there's a bunch of shapes and colors that are put out. I don't know how many get put out. Maybe. 12, 12, I think. Yeah, yeah. 12 or something. And they're cards. And so you're trying to find three that have all the characteristics that are identical or all the characteristics that are not identical. But when I was asking him, I have a very analytical, mathy type mind. I mean, whenever it comes to board games, I don't know why. I don't know, which is kind of weird. Um, he was trying to explain 
how these sets work, and I could not figure it out. Yeah, same here. It was driving me nuts. I'm like, no, but you said, and he, and he's just saying, no, no, you just got to see it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you can't tell me I had just have to see it. I loathed that game. It's like a Magic Eye, board, Magic Eye the board game, right? Like, you have to look at it on this whole other level. But the thing that I didn't understand, like, they have to be different or the same, but it's like... What has to be different and what has to be the same is the part that I really you can't be really that specific. It's like Peyton did a better job though. Like after I, and it may not just been Peyton. It may just been like when I came back to it again because I didn't play it for like a year, and then he was like, "Let's play it," and I actually started picking it up. Do I like it? No, I think it's. I really don't like that. Speed card games are not my thing at all. So like set blink speed the card game. um, uh yeah, any game like that, they just, I, I just, I'm just not very good at them. And this was not a, a game that I care to pick up, although I think my wife might like this one. She's probably played it before. I was going to say, my wife, that might be something that she would be a little bit more excited about than me. I think she was there, maybe, whenever we played that, but I don't think she tried it. But uh, no, it's not a game that I am excited about at all, nor do I ever care to play it again. No, but I'm sure I will be playing it because. I'm Actually, I'm going everybody. on BGG to rate it like a. Hmm. Let's see, what am I going to rate? Right now, let's do a live on the spot rating. What do you think, Dean? Uh, that what are you going to be rate? Better it? for video. Oh, I don't know. I don't We're know. not going to do a video of set. I don't think I'm going to. No, a video of you rating set, apparently. Um, I think I'm going to do bad, likely, won't play this again, three. Okay. Three out of ten. All right. There you go. All right. So, <laughs> something that I've been playing lately a little better than set, maybe? Uh, maybe. Is it my turn? All right. Let's so, see. I'm going to talk about a game that I got from, that we got from Lucky Duck Games. It was actually one that I just kind of threw out there uh, and requested um, because I had seen that it had, it's, there's not a lot of ratings on this, um, but it was rated 7.8, so that kind of intrigued me. Um, and that's a game called Mutants. And Mutants is this deck building game where you're playing cards and you may just play a mutant uh, that gets you to go up on this kind of like battle track. At the end of the round, whoever's the highest on the battle track scores points or whatever. Um but you may play a card that gets you to go up on that or does something else. But you could also take your cards and that have different genes and mutate them together to get more powerful monsters. So as you're playing through the game, you're debating whether I'm going to play this monster or I'm going to mutate them together to get a little bit more powerful one. You can also like freeze monsters, which give you victory points and different things like that. I only played this one time, but I will say that I'm very much intrigued to continue to play this more. Like the weight and complexity is only one and a half on BGG. I think it's probably a little bit more complex than one and a half. Set is like 1.65 or something like that. Is this heavier than set? Yes. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it depends on how you're... I'm actually going to go to the poll and change that because someone's got it as... There's only two votes on this game. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so I got I to... Gotta, it's a medium light game. It's definitely not even a medium game, but I got to balance that out a little bit more. Um, but anyways, so I mean, I think it's probably like a... a two or a little bit over a two or something like that in, in my opinion but you know what I, I enjoyed my first play it didn't like have me going this is the most amazing game ever but it was definitely a surprise for me and I want to play this more so this is one that we will either do a video review of we probably won't talk about it on the podcast again I, I, I have a feeling you might like it because you're a deck builder right I am human I am I that was an attempt at a joke I, yeah I'm, <laughs> a failed attempt at a joke all right, um, it fell flat. I'm looking at it right now, and the art does not grab me. 100% agree with that. You're not a fan of it either. No, it's I don't um, like the logo and stuff. It seems kind of I kiddie, think that's kitty. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess so. I I think it's it's probably what I would expect with a game called Mutants. Yeah, like none of that draws me in at all. Dude, the me only neither. thing the only thing that sounds exciting to me is that it's a deck builder, and I'll yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, I, I I again I it may not be amazing by any I'm not it wasn't amazing by any stretch, but I did enjoy my first play, and will very much look forward to doing a video review and playing a little bit more. Yeah. All right, so a game that I did get to play with you and uh, our friend Brian. And Yay, I, we got to play with Brian. He's from Florida. Yeah. Brian, if you're listening, it was awesome playing a game with you, man. It definitely was. Uh, we played a couple games with Brian. That's but it. one of them was Mississippi Queen. And this is, if you remember back to my top five Essen games, this was top of the list. And, and, it, it, and it, w- it wasn't top of the list. It was on the list of my top five. And it it, it met, nay, exceeded all your expectations, <laughs> right? It, it it did meet my expectations. Really? Sure. Yeah, right. I, I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was a lot of fun. So in Mississippi Queen, you are on a, uh, a riverboat heading up the Mississippi. And you have to pick up two passengers and make it to the end and be the first one there. It's a racing game. And the unique part of it is, so this is an an older game. So this is a a new release that came out at Essen, but it's a reprint of an older game that came out in the mid-90s, I believe. This was a Spiel des Jahres winner back in the day. And on this game, on your boat, you have these little... Uh, paddle wheels on both sides they're uh, numbered one through six one is your coal which determines like how you move uh, how you if you can rotate more than what you're supposed to or if you can change your speed on there and the other one is your speed and that's how fast you're going to go and you have to slow down to a speed of one to pick up passengers or to stop off at any of the docks like the the coal depots if you're playing the advanced game and that's pretty much it. So the 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 problem is like if you run into something, you lose your next turn. So you really can't just like fly through the game. You need to you, you need to have an idea of like the speed that you need to go. Now, yeah. if you're playing with somebody, which I did, I played with uh, our friend Peyton, who mathed this out. And this it took a little bit longer to play that game than I think it it needed to. But if you're just playing this pretty quickly, it's it's a pretty quick game. I think right. I mean, it says. 45 minutes, you can play a game in, I'd say, 30 minutes if you're playing with two to three players, uh, or, you know, probably three players, Uh, but it goes up to, I think, six on this one. Yeah, it's six. Who won won the game? Between me and Peyton? No, between me and you. Oh, I don't recall. Brian. I don't recall. Let's move on to the next game. 10 out of 10, baby. (laughs) Total. I'm just kidding. Um, I I like this game more than you, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, I think I actually mentioned whenever Dean said it was his top five, I guess, for Essen. Like, mm-hmm. I think I said something along the lines of, oh, man, I heard it wasn't really that great. And then they I sent cried. us a copy of it yeah. and, and mentioned said something about hopefully we'll change, which was good for Dean. It, it met his expectations. It, yeah, it it's met, what I wanted. It met my expectations, too, but my expectations <laughs> were pretty low. Um, it's it's okay. Like, I, it's... Uh, I never really care to play it again. It's not. It's not a. It's, it's not a bad game. It's just. It's really not my style too. So I think there will be people um, that will quite enjoy this game, but I. It's just. It's really not for me. It's a light game. You know. I mean. It, it's not going to wow you with with these amazing mechanics. I don't think. But yeah. just for a light racing game with uh, it has pick up and deliver. You know, which is it's basically just pick up and then yeah. you know if you win the race then you deliver deliver. Them. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. That's what they and call me when I, I play I'll that keep game. This one. They call me Papa John because I always deliver on time. That's actually a pretty good one. Oh yeah, that's, that's not bad. 
So anyway, that is Mississippi Queen, the Super Meeple 2019 edition of that game. So that's I'm chalking off, ch- checking off another one of the. <laughs> what am I saying? I have no idea. Checking another Spiel the Jars winner off my that was list. Good. That was fun to do. Yep. All right. So from picking up patrons, or wh- who do you pick up on Mississippi Queen, Dean? People. The pe. Okay. From <laughs> that's very specific to exploring new territories. I got a review copy of... Passengers. It just says Passengers. Okay, Passengers. I got a review copy of Alexander Pfister's Expedition to New Dell, which, speaking of games on our top 10 Essen list, this made my top 10 Essen list for sure, because I love Pfister, and I quite enjoy Oh My Goods. This is basically Oh My Goods, the board game. It definitely has some tweaks to the game if you have played Oh My Goods. Um, He definitely tweaked a few things the way that the... Uh, You're actually drawing meeples out of a bag instead of just doing a flop of cards that may have, you know, wheat or whatever on it. If Again, that's if you've ever played this game before. But in this, you're basically just building this little um, engine of, um, I guess you're getting coal and you're trying to, man, there's just so many different things that you can build in in Oh My Goods and Expedition to New Dell. You can have linen, you can make leather out of... um, cows and cattle meat and stuff like that so i mean not the meat you can't make leather out of meat dean <laughs> i mean maybe can you i don't know you no, can... i mean no the answer is no I know but you can. like maybe like some sort of leather substitute I've, I've tasted meat that tastes like leather that's what i was i was trying to come up with a joke about that but yeah. i couldn't come up with one so i kind of stalled there for a second so anyway this game is all about being really really efficient and trying to build an engine to score points to get a lot of money and in this game that's different than oh my goods you actually have a board where you're placing your buildings um you also have some more actions that are available if you've played oh my goods um this one you're you can not only um, put a little thing on your cards to be able to build um, the engine, put your workers on there, but you can also go to spots that might um, give you extra workers, spots that might give you an extra build action, spots that might um, just change some things, make it a little bit more powerful, allow you to even put coal on um you know, one of your cards. And I, I don't I don't want to go into all these great details about it. Um, but one of the cool things about it that I enjoy is that it is a story. So I think Dean would like that. I do it's like an, story. It's an eight chapter story. So it actually builds off of the Oh My Goods after the expansions that they come out with. Um, so it's a, an ever building story. And so it changes the game every time you play it. I played one round of it and really enjoyed it. If you don't like, which I do, I, I like um, uh, Oh My Goods, but if you don't like it, is it going to change your mind, do you think? Absolutely not. Okay. It, there's a few things that make it, I think it's a little um, more forgiving than Oh My Goods is. But Oh My Goods is not forgiving. And this really isn't either. Like, you can really score very bad, I think, on this. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my, my wife, for example, we she really enjoys Oh My Goods. She played this and said, one round she was like, meh. She's like, I'd rather just play Oh My Goods. I think there are people that may have that huh. feeling towards it. Okay. Um, to me, I like it. Uh, after, it's only one play. It's really hard for me to decide. But I like it a little better than Oh My Goods after one play. And, you know, I wouldn't say I like it way better than Oh My Goods. That's still high praise from you because you really like, I mean, top 50 oh, games. Oh, sure. so Yeah, this would be a top 50, I think. It's it, Yeah, this would be a top 50 game. Um, wow. You okay. know, I mean, the thing I like about Oh My Goods, though, is it's a cool little engine builder in your pocket. It's unique in that sense. Uh, this isn't because there's a ton of engine building board games. What are you laughing about? 
Are you looking up Chuck Norris jokes over no. there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. I was. Uh, you ever when somebody's talking triggers another conversation that you have, and it just makes you laugh about that. We did that before the episode. It triggered like an SNL video that I thought of, and I just started giggling. Not in anything that you said, but Dean likes to giggle. I do. I do giggle. Well, I think that's it, man. That, that's it for what we've been playing. Let's close up the episode. Is that what you're saying? That's <laughs> no. That's Dean. it. Okay. We've just started. We're just ramping up. Let's look at Catan Starfares. Catan Starfares is published in 2019 by Catan Studios and Cosmos. It is by designer Klaus Tuber. The art is by Michaela Kienle and Franz Kowinkel. Plays three to four players in 120 minutes for ages 14 and up. Catan Starfares has a lot of similarities to the regular Catan game if you're familiar with that, but there's a lot of differences to it as well. I'm just going to go through the gameplay stages to kind of give you a gist of how it plays out and then in the Actual review, we'll, we'll talk about a lot more of the differences between regular Catan and the upgraded Catan Starfares. So first off, you're going to have the production phase. This works out just like, initially works out just like the uh, regular Catan game where you're going to be rolling two dice and that will determine what resources are going to produce for that round. So if you roll a six, all of the hexes that have a six are going to produce the resource of that type. Now the difference between this and normal Catan is that after you've done that, the player who is the active player is going to draw as many resource cards as they're entitled to um, from the reserve stack. And so that's just a, a random draw. So to start the game off, everybody's going to be getting two cards on their turn and progressively you're going to go to uh, one and then not be able to draw any more as you move up on the scoring track. Now after you do that, you do the, the trade and build phase, which is uh, just like normal Catan in the sense that you can trade with other players. You can also spend the resource cards that you have to build different buildings. There's different names in this one. The You have the colonies, which kind of act like settlements. You have the spaceports, which are similar to cities, except they don't produce extra resources. They're just going to be where you're able to launch ships. Now, the other type of thing that you can build are ships. You have the colony ships and the trade ships. Now, colony ships are going to be used to kind of expand you uh, out throughout the the galaxy onto different planets and those are going to act as places where you're going to produce resources and also you'll be able to build spaceports uh, in those on those colonies now how that works is a lot different than normal Catan so you're going to be producing a colony ship from your spaceport and you're going to move that colony to a location where you can build in a planet cluster and that's just kind of the gist of it but there's a limit on how many different colonies can be on those different planet clusters so in a two-player um, excuse me a, a three-player game you're only going to be able to build two different colonies in a four-player game you'll be able to build three in those clusters then you're also going to be able to build trading posts that are going to be moved from a ship onto an outpost. And those are quite unique from normal Catan. And the way those play out is if you establish a trading relationship with a specific outpost, then you're first going to get um, this token that will allow you to get two points immediately. And that can be taken.
taken away from you if somebody has more trading post in that outpost than you do later on in the game. But after you've established a trading route with that outpost, you'll be able to get a bonus card which will do different things depending on which outpost you're at. So one of the outposts allows you to gain an extra resource of a specific type uh, when you produce that type of good from a planet or uh, another one might boost your mothership features and I'll explain that part in just a little bit and so there's different bonuses that you can get throughout the game from building the trading thing and after that phase you're gonna go to your flight phase now each player is gonna start off the game with a mothership and the mothership is going to be upgraded throughout the game you're gonna have boosters that let you move faster you're gonna have uh, blasters that will let you um, destroy pirates and, and do some other things and you have the freight pods that will allow you to do different things on planets and also help you in the different encounters that you're going to have. But your mothership is going to determine all the, the speed of all of your ships. And, and what's going to happen during that flight phase is you're going to shake up your mothership. It's got these uh, different colored balls in there and you're going to shake that up and two are going to fall down to the bottom and that will determine your speed. Now, if one of those is black, then you're also going to trigger an encounter, which is like story elements in the card uh, in the game that will, uh, you know, allow you to fight pirates or uh, have encounters with merchant ships. There's lots of different things that are going to happen, but uh, essentially what they are is kind of a choose your own adventure element. So you're going to be able to choose what you want to do based on the cards that you draw. And that is kind of the gist of the game. You are trying to get the, be the first player to get 15 points. And once that player, a player gets to 15 points, that's going to be the end of the game. Now that is the gist of Catan Starfares. Let's get back to the table and hear our thoughts. Hey, Meeple Town, a game that has been really popular over the years in the board gaming hobby is Catan. Everybody's played Catan. Maybe not everybody. I would say if you are a fan of board games and you haven't played Catan, I would be hugely surprised. He's judging you, he would say. I didn't say anything <laughs> negative. I just said I would be hugely surprised. So most of us have played that. Now, a game that came out a few years after that in 1999 was the Starfares of Catan, but it's been impossible to get a copy of it. and Because it's been out of this world. It's been out of this world. That's right. Two for two today, baby. It's been difficult to get. And so... Back, I think over the summer, maybe back in the spring, Asmodee and uh, Catan Studios announced that they were going to re-release Catan Starfares, and I was super pumped about that. They sent us a copy to review. You should see Dean's face right now. And here we he are today. Is so excited. I am. His eyes. He Dean has big eyes. They draw me in. Oh gosh. And when he start, but when he start, talked away from the mic there. But when he gets really excited, they get really even bigger. It's, Popping out of my head. It's so fun. Spoiler. I guess. Maybe I like this game. Maybe. Because the eyes are popping out of my head. No, okay. I want to start off because I feel like we need to at least address Catan in general, right? Like, so that people have a basis of where yeah, we I'm fine are. Yeah, um, Because I know that there's a lot of people who poo-poo Catan in general in this hobby that have, you know, yeah, I played that 20 years ago. It's what got me in the hobby, but I don't like the game now. You hear a lot of that. Is that the way you feel, John? Not entirely. Okay. Not entirely. I would say... That I probably have Catan rated about um, six and a half or seven out of ten. Just okay. so you know. And here's here's my issue, and this is for me personally. Here's my challenge with Catan, 
is I'm not a big trading game fan in general. And a lot of it probably has to do with the people that I play with. And I know that I've said this on the podcast, but I'll say it again. It really drives me up the wall whenever someone's like, I've got two ore. I've got, I need an ore. And someone's like, and everyone's like, nah, we're not going to give you an ore. And then you're like, well, I've got a wheat for an ore, a wheat for an ore. No, no, no. Okay, well, I got two wheat for an ore. Oh, no, well, no, 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 no. Well, hold up a second. Okay, well, if you give me two wheat, I'll get in and I'll give you an ore. But you also got to throw in something else. And like 15 minutes later, yes, it turns over. And you're just like, are you literally kidding me? Yeah. And when that happens, it really sours the game. Now, if I can play a game that's crisp and clear, I mean, not clear, but just crisp and people are just making the moves, making trades, then I enjoy Catan a whole lot more. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So I I still play Catan at least once or twice a year. I, I enjoy it. Um, I don't know what I would rate it, but I, I, I do enjoy it. But that is because, one, I play with the same people. I get together with this group of guys in May, usually May, June, sometime around there. And we play games all weekend. One of the games that we typically take out or put put out on the table, what am I saying? What's happening right now? Is Catan, and I still enjoy it. Now, here's the thing. With that group specifically, we keep it moving because we all feel the same way about that trading piece and what it can be. And so if that if it comes to somebody's turn, like, you make a trade or you don't, and and then just move on. And I like that a lot better. So I think you have to be playing with the right people. Yeah, if I'm playing with the right people, I mean, I'm looking at the BGG rating. Seven, I think seven said that it was like usually willing to play, and that's not me. I'm at a six and a half on this, I yep. would say. But I still, I, I still like it. And if Dean wanted to play it, I, I would, I would play it probably. I mean. All right. Now I that's guess maybe I am usually. <laughs> now that that's Catan. That is the base game yeah. of Catan, or or whatever kind of you know expansions thrown in there. I guess we'll, we'll, we've included all that. Now, enter Starfares, and let's first talk about the art and components. Does, Dean, I am your father. That's actually pretty good. But does he say? It sounds like you were saying power. that's what i I, it's a subliminal message i'm trying to become the most powerful meeple town host oh dear okay art and components for starfarers what you think wow they're really good i i really i don't think i have a complaint about them i mean the the art actually on the cards i enjoy like the cards that have the pictures of the aliens and stuff those are really cool now the board is pretty just blah Right, I mean, nothing exciting about that because that's kind of how it needs to be. I would say it's space. It's space. Yeah, I mean, you can't really, you don't need to pepper in extra stuff that's not out in space. That's right. You know? So I, I, I think that it was, it's fine. But like I said, the cards and stuff were were nice. Now uh, I know Dean will probably want to talk about the components, so I'm gonna, I'll <laughs> toss it to him because he's a component guy. What do you think about? Well, what do you think about the art and then? Component. Same thing. I, you know, space games and Western theme games. I kind of feel the same about a lot of them because you know, Western theme, everything's brown, dulled out. Space, everything's black, black with stars, which it's what you want. So it's like I'm, I'm, I don't know of a space game where I'm going to be really wowed by like the board, I guess. But I think the cards, the the artwork for the the friends, all that. I think it's fine. I think it's good. Yep. Now the components are incredible yeah they're super they good. are incredible components you've got 
these giant ships that it's everyone the best part. yeah everyone has their own mothership they have these different colored balls inside of them and those determine the speed that you're going to be making as you're moving your other ships around the board and they're incredible i mean they're you know these these really tall motherships fantastical that stand up on the side of the board so I, I think that's great all the plastic pieces for the different colonies and basically like the the settlements and city type buildings and the ships that go around are all really well done so so really no complaints in fact uh, okay amazing components but i will say this as with any game Amazing opponents components bring a hefty price tag. To Amazing opponents is what I think you just said, <laughs> which would be myself. <laughs> I did say that. That's the, right. The components are really, really great. And you're right. It does have a, a hefty price tag. I will say that. Uh, it, and box. And yeah, hefty box. That's true. You can get it cheaper than like the um, than the MSRP and stuff. Like what, the MSRP is 80 bucks, right? Yeah. It's, it's uh, no, I think it's 100 is it really? I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. But you also have these. Well, you really can't get it cheaper. Sorry, I was wrong on board game prices. Amazon's the cheapest right now at seventy three dollars. So. Yeah. There you go. Which I think is we'll, we'll get to that whether or not yeah. that's a good deal. But anyway, the component trays are really well done. Um, you know, you, just like in Catan, you have these different resource cards. Well, they have their own component tray that tells you what their trade in value is. Uh, because you don't have ports in this game. You just, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I think that's harbors, ports, what are they called? Starports. Okay. Right. No, no, no. In regular Catan where you... Oh, like, my bad. They're, trading... I don't know. Trading ports. Yeah. Anyway. We're experts on board games. Anywho. Um, yeah, so that's components. Just great across the board. I didn't mention, like, as you upgrade your mothership, too, you put those plastic pieces in there, which are... All of it's just so well done. If there's anyone listening that has is new to Meepletown, maybe you just saw... You've been tossing around the idea of getting this game because um, you have the old Starfares. I want to say that Dean and I, we played it at Tennessee Game Days, and we had many people who had actually had, had the old version come to our table. We had several people come, and they were and you were actually oh, gone. There were some of them, so many people And they people kept coming up, and by. everyone was very impressed yes. with the component. So if you're thinking, is it is that part worth it? Yeah, if you like Catan Starfares, and you have the old version, and you're just like, man, it's getting kind of tore up, and I need better components... I mean, I guess the price tag is up to you, but everyone that came was like, wow, these are so much better. So I didn't want to say that. Yeah, and the, apparently the motherships in the older game fell apart a lot, yeah, I guess is what it was. What I've, I've seen videos where people were like throwing the the new motherships and they're really sturdy, great. But yeah, this awesome. the table presence on this was, was pretty we, stinking good. More than any other game we played. Absolutely. Everyone was coming by looking at that game. Like yep. that was, it was, it was pretty cool. So was it worth, was it a good game though? Without Was it a good game? That's the question that we have, Gene. D- Gene? <laughs> Billy. Whoa, I was going to sing Billy Gene, but I started way too high there. For Anywho. Me. Not for Michael. He can hit those notes, baby. Uh, Billy Gene. What do you think about the gameplay? I like it. Yeah? A lot. A lot? Whoa. Yeah. I, I thought, you know... I, I, I didn't know going into this whether or not I was really going to like it because I, I know that I like Catan and I thought, okay, this is probably a better version, but I don't know if it's like a, a really, really good game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because that, that's the thing. We want to know if this is a good game, not if it's a better version of Catan, which yes. it is. It is a better version. Um, but the things that I liked about it, so I like 
the way that you move around the board, I think is really cool. Yes. Um, that you're not, I know you'll talk about this, but you're not like blocking players in, but you're traveling around, you're traveling out into space and exploring these new planets. You all start from the same area and you're going forward down a long board. Right, right. And and you can, you know, you can jump into space farther along on the board than, you know, other players potentially, but normally you're just moving at a at a not a snail's pace but you're like exploring out into space and i think that's really cool i love how the um the trading post works so like the outpost when you go you're able to get special abilities in this game when you yeah. establish this trading post at these outposts and i think that's really cool and in fact if you have the most so there's four four different trading outposts on the board and they all have different kind of categories of what their mm-hmm. special abilities are, right? So like one yeah. of them is if if you take this ore resource, you get an extra one. You get an extra one. That's so it's right. kind of a little bit of engine building. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 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 you're thinking through that. You're thinking, okay, which trading post am I going to want to go to? Where am I going to want to, you know, spend spend my time? And you can also get points that way. It's it's a race just like regular Catan, except this one you're playing to 15, but you 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 have to think about like what's the best thing for you to do what's yeah. the best trading and it's area majority to. so dean could have the points and then i could come and i could get more um trading post on the whatever the galaxy or whatever right. wherever you're at and right. and then take it back over and i think you get two points for that if i remember correctly that's right yeah so with, that, that, you know with katani that's a huge swing in a game yeah so yeah. that's really that's really neat dean mentioned the the roads and i to quote um back to the future where we're going, we don't need roads. roads. I Dang it! Yeah, we're we, supposed to do that together. You just said roads. You we're just... supposed to do it together, <laughs> Dean. Um, anyway, and that's uh, hey, that you're out in space. You don't need roads in space. Very much enjoy that. I did. I have mentioned this on the podcast. I think before that. One thing I don't also love about Catan is the way you can block people in with roads. And if someone, this happens a lot with new players to Catan. Um, they don't really know how to spread out very well. Not really sure where to go, and rightfully so. If you're playing with seasoned players, they can totally hose you and block you in, and you're just sitting there for 30 minutes. I've, I've this has happened to me multiple times, saying that I'm not a great player, um, and I'm just sitting there going, "There's nothing I can really do." I can't really get around. I can't get out of this. And it's it really sours the game, and it's not fun. This, you can't, it's not going to happen because yeah. there ain't no roads. That's right. Because so, where we're going, we don't need that's roads. That's right. I, way, way late on that one, bro. <laughs> um, so I, I quite enjoy that. I also really enjoy the trading post that Dean was talking about there. I also enjoy the thematic nature of the game. Yeah. Like, it yeah. feels thematic. You're going out and you're exploring, and that's, that's, that's extremely neat. Um, yeah, and I like the way that the the starports work, where you're building. So if, as you go out on this long board, you may go to one of these little clusters and and put a starport there, which then now your ships can launch from those, which is really neat as well. So you're kind of thinking as you're playing the game, do I want to get some of those out really far early in the game, maybe? But then it's going to take me more movements to get all the way out there. Mm-hmm. But then in addition to that, you're also building uh, your rocket, your your starship up by like adding more boosters to it potentially, which will let you go farther faster. Or guns uh, in case pirates may attack you. So I'll, I'll actually toss this over to Dean because I think one of his enjoyable parts of this game was the little cards that you get yeah uh, so yeah go ahead yeah so the those exploration cards uh i forget what they're called uh, i could look that up I'll, I'll look that up when you're talking later but yeah you get these these cards that will pop up that 
just add story. They add flavor to the game that you're playing. So it could be that you know you come up on this, uh, you come up on this this planet, and and I don't know these pirates are attacking you or yeah. something, and and so you have to decide: Do I want to flee or do I want to try to hit them head on? And and you, you know it's not completely the cards are random, but like the choices that you make aren't random because you think if I'm going to fight pirates, I'm probably going to have to have blasters, right? Yeah. And if you don't have a lot of blasters, you're probably not going to take them on. Or you can. And, and but you could also have boosts that can run away from them. That's right. If yeah. you wanted to just be a scaredy. That's right. Right. Which and was me. I, I love that piece of it because it adds story to Catan that actually feels like a story. You know what I mean? It does. I, I'll say that I liked that part, but I wasn't as excited as Dean was about it because it seemed like the same types of things came up pretty regularly, but they had different conclusions. Right, right. So you're, the pirate shows up a lot, um, giving away things. I can't remember. Was it pirate? Was that pirates as well? Like you, you have to like give them resources or you know who knows what's going to happen. Merchant ships. Mer- mer- so, that, so there's like, well, there's probably like five kind of scenarios that kept showing up over and over again. Something like that, it seems um, like. But it. with, again, different different endings. So there were a lot of different endings to it. But I thought that that was kind of, I was kind of like, eh, after we'd gone through them and we started going, same ones kind of popping up, it wasn't as exciting. Yeah, I would imagine it, there's there's only a total of 32 encounter cards is what they're called. Yeah. And you won't go through those, but you'll go through quite a bit of them. And like John said, you, you repeat some of the... Not the actual cards, but the you know same general story. The start of so. the start of the story. Yeah, yeah. But the ending is is definitely different as we ran across. It may have the exact same start and a completely different ending. Right now, what it does though is it allows you to be able to potentially get like kind of a half a point. Um, a lot of those do, or, or if you get these fame metal pieces, two of those pieces equals one point, and so that's a good way to get extra points outside of just exploring and building your colonies and stuff out on the board. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think is, is kind of cool is that it, going along with like the pirates and the, what are those other ones called? The, the freight planets or whatever, where you're, so like these tokens can come out randomly where if you have this certain level of blasters, you can take that token oh, off of the planet. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of cool too. Um, it's just, there's different ways of cool getting these. except for, I didn't realize that until the game was almost over. <laughs> Yeah, and Dean's it's like, a hey, one. I got a victory point. I'm like, how? Do, what are you talking about? Yeah, I was like, nobody's going around and getting these, and so let's let me just like. I think he didn't tell us that. Yeah, that's just so he could do it. Absolutely, that's what true. my wife says to me. She's listening right now. <laughs> she every time she says I didn't tell her, and she goes and grabs a rule book and she gets a stank face. <laughs> I don't know what. But that I is. love you, baby. I love you. But I, I think the the thing that I like though is that there's just different ways of getting points is what I'm getting at. So like you've got the encounter cards, you have those planets that you can, um, you know, defeat pirates or whatever. Do that. There's you know the trading posts like you've already mentioned. There's just several different ways to get points. The other part that is is very different and a lot better is this catch up mechanisms that's built into the scoreboard. So in at the beginning of the game, everybody, if it's your turn, you're going to roll the dice just like normal Catan, and then you're going to get these uh, cards, resource cards, randomly drawn. If, you know, at the beginning of the game, if it's your turn, you're going to get two of those, and then as the game progresses, you're not going to get any. So the farther you get towards the end of the game. I like the way that that's built in because it, one, gives you a boost at the beginning of the game so that you're getting more resources and it moves the game along faster. But 
as the game progresses, if you're really far behind, you're still going to get those resources and, and other people aren't that are really far ahead. So I, I think that's a, a pretty clever way of, of a catch-up mechanism built in. Yep. Solid, bro. Yeah. I, that, I mean, I, I agree with that 100%. I thought that was really awesome. Uh, I mean, you in our game that we played, Dean was several spots behind for a while, and then he whipped us. He didn't whip us, but he beat us. I, yeah, and that, and that one I did come back. I mean, it was. A, I quite jumped a, quite to a. I jumped to an early lead. Yeah. But it kind of hurt me because of that, and I wasn't getting those cards out. Yeah, you know, I wasn't getting two cards or whatever, which made a big difference. It does, and it's not. You know, in in Catan, if, if you get a city you're gaining a lot more resources. That's not how this game plays out. Like, you're not mm-hmm. going to get extra resources by building a spaceport. You're just going to be able to launch a ship. So you have to think about different ways that you can get resources or get points in general. I showed, you know, Catan, that's one of the things I think I like about it, that I do like about it, is I feel like good players don't show their hands too early. Like, you kind of, you don't want to jump out to a huge lead or you become the target against everybody else. So you want to, as subtly as possible, sneak attack and get those points. Maybe wait until the last few turns to really go capitalize on this two points here, this here. And then everyone's like, no, he's going to win the game. Or she's going to win the game. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever. You know, so I, I... yeah. Anyways, I like that about it, though. Yeah. So, what do you yeah. think, man? You want to do final thoughts? Yeah, I think so. We pretty much exhausted every piece of this game. There you go. Um, especially if you played Catan before. But uh, I really, really enjoy this. All those things that I said. I love the story element from the encounter cards. I love how the mothership uh, works out, how you're building up your mothership, and it's got some engine building there so that you can move your ship faster or build this powerhouse with all these cannons on it or, you know, whatever. I enjoy how all that plays out. So for me, I this is a pretty high score for me, especially considering like it being a Catan game. I didn't realize I would be this high, but it's an eight and a half for me. Eight and a half? Yeah. Wow. This is a game that wow. I'm... Yeah, I, what would I, you... Can you tell me what you would give Catan? I mean, ish. You don't have to... I just want to say that so the listeners could hear like how much more you think you... Could, you don't have to be exact. Yeah, I think probably like a seven and a half for okay. me. Yeah, I think Catan so is seven and a half, up, which is, is pretty good. You know, seven and a half is pretty good. Oh, so, that is pretty good. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to think through like how that translates for the average person. If you really hate Catan, I don't know if this would change your mind. I think you would need to watch. We'll do a playthrough video of this. Watch the video, listen to our review here, because there are enough elements. I think it could change your mind, but you have to think about what don't you like about Catan, and it might still have those elements like the random rolling of dice at the beginning of the turn to get resources. That's still there, but there's enough extra stuff in this game that I really enjoy. And I like theme and this does have theme. Yep. All right. Is that it? That's That's it for me. That's your final thoughts. Okay. So, so for my final thoughts, again, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I would probably give Catan a six and a half ish. Um, I think that's where I would stand on it. Um, this really improved the game for me. Um, I like I mentioned earlier, I like the you know the no roads thing, which honestly I've said that a couple of times, but it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I really like the thematic nature though of you're going out and you're exploring. I really enjoy the trade stations; those are so cool because you can build like a little um, engine for getting 
or whatever whatever resource you're trying to get or you can get other different trading things that are going to give you bonuses that occur, occur throughout the game uh, i like the story cards i don't love them but it does add a little something to the game now it does add a little bit more time as well so that's true if you don't yeah. like that kind of thing and you, but it's they're pretty quick um i mean i guess it depends on who you are um the, again the thing that i don't like you still have the trading aspect to this game and i, I mean I, I'm, I'm okay with trading it's just we even in our game that we played uh, sometimes it took a long time and so it just gave me some of those feels of man this is just this is not what i like about Catan. but with that being said um i wanted to play this game quite a bit and i'm glad that i did i'm going to give this an 8 out of 10 so wow. that that's that is that's a pretty, high, pretty high score praise. for me yeah. i i it just seems like a game that i could go back to quite often and be very happy to play it it's you know weighted i would say what probably a little bit under three or something like between two and a half and three i'm assuming three is what it says yeah i would say it's that's pushing it even like i think it's i think it's pretty straightforward it definitely seems like a game that i could bring out in a lot of scenarios and we could play it and, and quite enjoy it uh, besides that, trading could be annoying sometimes. Everything else in the game felt really smooth, really fun. It's a super tight game. <laughs> that you, No one's going to blow anyone else out of the water, probably. Um, and so it's really you know, really tight to the end. You can't get hosed in it as much as Catan, I don't think. Um, again, with like the roads and stuff like that. So I, I really like this. I would, I would like to own a copy of this game, but eh, let's just, let's just move right into, is it worth it? <laughs> 2.58 is what the original one was rated. So I would imagine that's, that's probably say more accurate. More, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So is it, is it worth the $80 price tag, Dean? Mm, it is if you like the game. Right. I mean, I can say, I'll say that for every one that we do. I think for the components that you get in there, it's great. For the gameplay, I think that's great as well. Now, here's the thing. If you really, really don't like anything about Catan, this still might not be the game for you. And I don't know if it's going to change that, um, all those extra things. I agree. If Catan's a four or five for you and you just don't like it, it's not going to change it enough. But if you're one of those persons that like, like I think Dean and I are kind of in the same boat where we enjoy it, it's lost probably a little bit of its luster since we since we first played it, but it's still a fun game. Sure. Um, I think that you might really enjoy this game, especially you get especially for like the space theme as well. If you don't really care for space and stuff, then you might not. Yeah, that's love true. That. That's very true. Now, I, I, I'm going to throw this question kind of back at you, John, because of the conversations that we've had over the past several episodes. But now, if this was a, let's say same components as Catan. Like you've got mm -hmm. these wooden uh, buildings, wooden ships and all that. The the mothership was just like this cardboard player mat that you put other cardboard pieces on and the, the price tag was say like 40, 50 bucks. What would you rather have? Well, so, uh, all right, I'll answer the question. It's not worth 80 bucks to me. I give it an eight out of 10. I think it's awesome. Very few games are worth $80 to me. Yeah, sure. I'm going to say that. Sure. Like, yeah. It'd have to be um, about a 10 out of 10. You know, I mean, honestly, like a nine, nine and a half. That's fair. I have to really love it. That's me personally. Um, with that being said, I would probably pay 40 or 50 bucks for it if they did have. I like the components in it. They're awesome. But if they did have some kind of version where it's wooden um, ships and stuff, and uh, I, I would seriously think about buying it. I will not buy it for $80. There's no way. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. So that is. Still high praises from John and I. Eight Absolutely. and a half from me, eight Great game. from John. Let's get on to Alubari, a nice cup of tea. 
Alubari, A Nice Cup of Tea, was published in 2019 by Studio H Games. The designer is Tony Boydell. The art is by Cecile Guinement, and it plays 1 to 5 players in 45 to 120 minutes for ages 10 and up. Alubari is a game in the Snedonia family where players are going to be taking on the role of estate owners trying to build up the railway and just build up their estates in general. In this game, if you've played Snedonia, this this one's going to be very familiar. You're going to be placing workers out onto the board, simple worker placement, and you're going to first place your workers out onto these cards at the top of the board, and then once all players have placed their workers, you're going to go down the line of the cards in order and take those actions. And I'm just going to go quickly through what those actions are and just kind of a general idea of the game. Again, if you're familiar with Snowdonia, you could actually probably skip over some of this because we're going to talk about a lot of the differences in Snowdonia and Alibari in, in the final thoughts. But going down the line, first you can take some of the resources. You'll take stone or ore or uh, chai tea, which is similar to coal in Snowdonia. You'll be able to take those resources. The next step is to be able to take... Uh, to be able to take rubble, which is the excavation action that kind of clears up some paths on the estate. And that's a little bit different for Snowdonia. When you clear those paths, you're going to place your marker in those estates, which will give you points at the end of the game, but they're also going to give you uh, potential tea leaf bonuses as the game progresses. You can also, in that third action, be able to turn in your ore to build steel bars, similar to Snowdonia again, and also turn rubble into stone or vice versa you on the next spot you'll be able to lay tracks out onto the board and you're going to do that by paying steel to put your uh, to put your disc out onto the different uh, spots on the board to show that you're building those tracks and those will be worth points at the end of the game but also they open up different spots on the board and that's how the game's also going to progress and, and come to an end when you finish building that whole track out on the board the next spot is for taking the build action, which you can build buildings, which is basically taking your disc and paying the cost to be able to put them out on these spots. It will give you points or bonuses. And you'll also be able to build, like in Snowdonia, when you build engines, you can actually build equipment cards in this game. You can build as many as you can afford uh, throughout the game. So they'll stack as, as opposed to just being able to build one engine like in Snowdonia. You also, in the next spot, will be able to take contracts. We'll give you uh, immediate bonuses that can be used. Not immediate, excuse me, bonuses that can be used as you take the actions throughout the game. They're a one-time use bonus, but they're also going to give you different um, point conditions at the end of the game as well. And that's what all those spots are. You're going to take those actions and reset the board, and the, the weather track is going to change, and that will affect your work rate of how many tracks you can build or how much rubble you can remove from the tracks. And that's just kind of the, the gist of how that plays out. Now, like I said, I'm going to explain, we're going to explain some of the differences in this game and how chai tea works a little bit differently in the overview. Uh, but just so you know, you can use chai tea for uh, getting bonuses in the actions that you're placing your workers on. So, for example, I mentioned in the first worker placement spot that you'll be able to take resources from the uh, from the stockyard. Now, if you pay a chai tea when you take that action, you can actually take two additional resources in the spot where you can turn your ore into steel and rubble into stone. You can actually spend a chai for that action to be able to spend two ore to build a steel bar instead of three. 
and there's different bonuses throughout those tracks. So uh, that, that's kind of the gist. Again, we'll get to the, the differences between Snowdonia and this kind of throughout the, the overview. Uh, if you're really looking for some of those, uh, the, the biggest differences, I'll, we'll explain those a little bit further uh, in that. So uh, hopefully that gives you a good idea of how this plays. If you want to have a further instruction on how this plays, we're actually about to release a video on our YouTube channel. That's how the game plays out. You're trying to be the player with the most points at the end of the game, and you're going to get points from a lot of different ways. So let's get to the table and do our review of Alubari, A Nice Cup of Tea. So a few episodes ago, actually a couple months ago, I would say, Dean and I reviewed Snedonia by... Tony Boydell. On that episode, I made mention, I said, hey, Tony, if you're listening, I would love a copy of Alibari, a nice cup of tea, because especially at that time, there ain't nothing much out about it. And guess what? You ask and you shall receive, brother. I'm about to get excited because he uh, actually had a pre-production copy, and after Essen, he sent it over to us. So, Dean and I had a chance and have had the chance to play Alibari, a nice cup of tea, a game that is not yet released in the States, I do not believe, um, but we have other folks that are not in the States, plenty of other folks not li- that are listening to it, a game that has been recently released um, overseas, and it is very similar to Snedonia. Would you say that, Dean? Absolutely, I would. It's basically like... Snedonia 2.0, maybe? Uh, yeah, you could actually say that. Let's. You know, so we really can't talk about art and components here very much. Very briefly, we could talk about art, but my board was taped together with scotch tape, so it's really hard to, to talk about those. Now, some of the other components are actually are very similar, I think, are really close to what they'll be on the production copy, but I'd, I'm careful to talk about them because I've not played an actual production copy of the game. I will say, I thought the art on the board and the art on the cards was quite nice. Yeah, um, I would disagree with that, I think. It's okay. You want a little bit more flair. Dean likes flair. I mean, it, it has more flair than Snedonia, I think. You know, the way that the tracks are going across the board and stuff. I would say, are, are those little discs the ones that they're going to use in the final production, that are used in the final production? Do you know that? The little, oh, like you the, mean the, um, the station? I don't know, I don't know. If they're just those tiny discs, I'm not a big fan of those at all. I wish they were bigger, and I don't know why they couldn't be bigger. They might they might absolutely be bigger, and if that's the case, good yeah. for you. But it's, <laughs> I don't know. Who are you talking to? Good people. for you. <laughs> good, good for you people who, who own this. Uh, Tony Boydell, maybe good for you for changing that. I don't know. I'm just talking to the general public. But um, I, I, think the, I think the art and components are, are good. Sure. I don't. Again, I don't really want to talk about it much because I don't have the final copy. I like the art on it That's though. True. It's That's it's true. it's solid. So I think. Okay. Sorry. My biggest complaint was those smaller discs, the um, like the player discs that go out on the board. But if those are bigger, then that's not a big deal. Yeah. And the art's okay. Yep. I like the art. But anywho, what do you think about the gameplay? Because we can actually talk about that. Because those components don't change the gameplay, do they? That's very true. Um. So, I like it. I like it a lot, actually. We'll find that out later. But I really, you know, I I really love Snowdonian. I think mm-hmm. it's 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 a really good game. I gave it a nine. You gave it a nine and a half when we did that that now, rating. That, that was the that was the deluxe the master set. Master that's, set. That's exactly right. Yeah. Which are, both of us have said that the base game would not be rated 
that high for sure. That's true. I've got it at an eight and a half, and I believe that you have it. You had it at eight and a half as well. Yes, okay. Yeah. So the the things that they changed in this game, I I quite like. I think that it was really good changes. I, no, no, <laughs> for sure, no, for I, sure. I, I think you know, like the um, the chai tea, the, that's the, the chai biggest. tea, the tea leaves, yeah, all that. I think are really cool. Yeah, the biggest change. Like, honestly, if you have played Snedonia, this is very, very similar to Snedonia. It definitely feels like a game where Tony has sat back over years and thought, maybe how could I add, you know, and of course he has with expansions and stuff, but how can I add some wrinkles? How can I just change it up a little bit and make it a, a better game? So one of the one of the biggest changes, um, and I'll be real, that I that I that I quite like is instead of having coal in like in Snedonia where you're using the coal and you the primary the thing that you could do with coal is basically get an extra a third worker if you have an engine. Here you have chai tea. And that works similarly in that yes, you can get a third ex, a third worker, but you can do a whole lot more with it. Every Every action on the game board, um, every worker placement spot has a more powerful action that you can do if you pay a chai tea. And chai tea is har- definitely harder to come by than any other resource on this game. So you don't have a whole ton of them. So you have to really, really um, think through, is it worth getting this action that's going to get me two more resources, right? Can I pay a chai tea right now to give me two resources? Can I pay a chai tea right now to lay more track? Is the point value going to be worth it? Because not only are you um, paying a chai, which is you know a, a precious resource in this game, you also go down on the chai tea track, which loses victory points. Not a lot. Not a lot, like one victory point or so. Yeah, but still, but it's a nice little like it is balancing act there. You have to weigh it. Like, okay, is are these two resources worth losing a victory point at this point in the game? Maybe, probably. I don't know. Who knows? It depends on the scenario. But yeah. I absolutely love that part of Alibari. Brilliant little change that really adds to the depth of the game. Because you're not just placing on a worker placement and that's what you get. You also have that secondary decision of, do I make it more powerful? What do yeah. you think about that? So I, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. It's it's not like, for the most part, those chai tea decisions aren't very difficult until the very end of the game. Because Start mathing it out. Yeah, because you want to think, okay, I can get points from this. But also, you know, from from the cards that you, what are those cards called? I forget. <laughs> Online Which one is the contract like, card? Yeah, the contract card. So yeah. the contract cards, you can get points potentially for having chai tea. And so I think that's when you really start have to having to math it out. Do I want to use this to gain an extra worker or whatever else, you know, gaining these yeah. extra actions or whatever? Or do I want to keep those to get those points? And so, I, but, I, but I agree. Like, I think that's definitely more interesting than, than coal which doesn't change anything other than, you know, you can get points for coal and contract and and in-game scoring and stuff like that. But the decisions I don't think are as interesting in Snedonia with the coal as they are as the chai tea and that's right. Alibari. I agree. And along those lines, you can have more than one engine in this game. And that, that's the point that I was going to bring up. So the, that is for me, the best change in Alibari, I think. Because you can do a much better job of building an engine. An actual engine. That's exactly right. That's that's good, John. That was a good joke. Three for three. Except they threw a fastball and changed it to equipment instead of engine. Yeah, I know. That would have made more sense. All right, but yeah. the engine building from that, I think, is really cool. And, you know, it, the, the, the difficult decisions in Snowdonia is that you can only have one engine. And so you have to think, okay, I'm going to get this engine 
and I'm probably going to stick with it the whole game. You can switch them out, but it costs a lot of resources. It costs steel. Yeah, which is not a cheap one to get. Not at all. And now this one, you still have to make those decisions about what you're going to buy, but they're not as difficult because you don't have to get rid of the card. And I I think that's really cool. I like that a lot. I do, and I also enjoy the fact... I might even change that in Snowdonia. Mm. Maybe. Just 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 house house rule it? it? Maybe. I don't know. That'd probably mess everything up, but... Well, why not? I don't know if it would. Uh, I also like uh, along those lines that whenever you hit the event that costs you a steel bar, uh, which is the same in Snedonia, except for here you are on a rondelle, so you're going to keep going circular. It doesn't; it's not linear where it basically ends. But you can also, instead of paying a a bar, you can also pay two chai tea, which is really nice, especially if you have multiple. Equipments. I was trying to not think of engine. You have multiple equipments. You may not. It may be hard to get that much steel, but maybe you have enough to pay one steel and two chai tea for two equipments or something like that. Which I think that's really really cool. Another thing I enjoy the game. I enjoy about this game is the addition of growing tea crops. So it helps with the weather. So in with the weather in this game, you have fog, you have rain, and you also have sunshine. Well, whenever you're playing Snedonia, um. Sunshine is the only thing you're really excited about. <laughs> That's right. Here, it changes the um, the rain to a little bit of something positive. Mm-hmm. So instead of the rain just being negative where you can't build as much or take as much rubble, which we didn't mention, um, you did in your in your overview, but um, rubble is the same exact thing where you're taking rubble off you know, T-tracks and stuff like that. Um, but instead of just going down those tracks, you actually go up on the crop track. And so that you kind of, when it, when it rains, you're not so bummed out. You're like, oh, okay, well, hopefully maybe it'll, it'll trigger at the end of that track. It can trigger a, uh, a production where you're actually getting tea leaves based on how many spots you have on your, on your tea estate. Which is what happened in one of the games that you and I played together. Oh, and, Dean, and Dean, like, got all kinds. And those tea it leaves... It rained the whole game almost. I did. And you can and, and the tea leaves you can convert into um, chai tea, which is really, really nice, too. It takes a work replacement spot, and you've got to, you know... Uh, of course, you got to use one of your one of your spots there, which are very precious in this game. We only have two. Yeah. Um, but you can do that to convert it to chai tea, which can be very, very valuable in this game. And, and I will say, along those lines, too, I like how the chai tea track stops. You can only go up to a certain amount depending on the board game. I mean, the, the players that you're playing with. I like that because you can't just turn a million tea leaves in for a million chai tea and just have them for the rest of the game. You have to take your spot and go, oh, I can only convert two this time because I've already got four or whatever. I mm-hmm. like those decisions too. I do too. Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting that you you max out on that because here's the reality. In that game where it did rain a lot, I would have had a bazillion chai teas. Yeah. I mean, just so many. You could have so a third like, worker every time. You could have done a more powerful action every time. Yeah. It would have made it the tea leaves almost overpowering potentially. Yeah. But at the, you know, in that case, I had a, I still had a boatload of tea leaves that were still, they gave me a lot of points at the end of the game, but it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't overpowered at all. Yeah. So I, I really thought that was interesting. And I, it goes back to what you said at the beginning. I think Tony Boydell really just thought through how can I make this really, really good game mm-hmm. even better? Right. And, and all the changes that were made, I think were, I think positive. I, I can't think of any of those different changes that were made that were not my favorite. The the track that you were talking about, the event track, I don't think that was as big of a deal. Um, I can see how it could play out. So like having to, to, um, 
to the the equipment maintenance mm-hmm. spot on there that could be a big deal but it's not necessarily going to go around there even twice oh i'm fine you know? with it though i'm okay with it because it get it, it does it makes you think about it a whole lot more because you're like that's right oh uh, man if do i want three equipments because if it does show up then i'm going to lose them and the equipments have just like snedonia victory points on them so like you it's not just like oh who cares if i lose an equipment because it's the end of the game it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it does because you might you'd lose nine victory points or whatever is posted on the card if you lose that, which could lose the game for you. Yeah. Yep. I I agree. So, anyway, I I don't really have anything else because you know we we talked a lot about Snowdonia and this is just an, an upgraded version of that. Yeah. So you want to go ahead and move into our final thoughts for it? I think so. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Go, go ahead. first. Go ahead. All right. So, um, man, we've said this and said this. I I think it's. Again, a game that Tony's thought about, adding some wrinkles to it. Now, it is very similar to Snedonia. If you don't like Snedonia, I don't think you're going to like this game. That's right. If you really like Snedonia and you've been just waiting for this to come out, um, there are some wrinkles that are super nice. The the chai tea wrinkle is very, very nice. Um, that's, I would say, the primary one. I also like the, the rain and how it produces, how you can get tea leaves and you can go on the stage. Those are two really nice wrinkles to the game that definitely add and, and bump it up. So I would give the Snedonia base set, um, I mentioned, an 8.5 out of 10. I like it a lot. I mean, that's a really good score. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it gets a little bit samey with just, with just the base game. Mm-hmm. Um, this... I gave a nine and a half to the Snedonia um, Master Deluxe set, as Dean said earlier, because there's you can play that game forever, and it just changes every single game and adding all these crazy things to it, and I really, really like that. So for this, I'm somewhere in between those two. I, if I'm just comparing this to Snedonia base set, I, I like this game better. No doubt about it. It's just a better game. I mean... What do you think, Dean? You're looking for my. I wait. Okay, I'll wait. I'll yeah, wait. Just... It's just a better game. All right. <laughs> so, so with that being said, um, it doesn't have though the near the variety of the Master Deluxe set. Not, I mean, at all, right? Um, I'm going straight in between Dean, and I'm going to give this nine out of ten. I really liked Alibari, a nice cup of tea. Um, I'll say I wrestled between an eight and a half and a nine because I do like it better, but it didn't just make me go whoa, way better. And I'll say this too. It, <sighs> Because I've now played Sidonia quite a few times, it didn't feel so much different. I mean, people could be like, mm, this is kind of Snedonia. Like you said, 2.0. If you've wore it out, it doesn't give you way different feels. That's true. But if you love Snedonia, then the changes I think you're going to quite enjoy. So I'm giving 9 out of 10, which is really pretty solid score. Yeah, yeah. I, Very good. I, I agree with all of those things. It, it's all except the you know total final score, but it's almost like you can you can think through the thought process that Tony Boydell had in this. Yeah, you know, you, going back to the to the chai tea and the the rain. You know, in in the game, you're just thinking, man, if it's just raining all the time, this is a slower game. It's kind of a slog. But then Tony probably thought, what could I do? to make it so that rain's not so bad, that some benefits can mm-hmm. happen. So, oh, we can grow crops. What about tea? And, you know, like, I just, I love how that that played out. And I think this is a good example of how you have a game that's really good and the, the designer thinks through, how can I make it even better after yeah. years and years of letting this, uh, you know, the, the thought process, letting process. It, letting it steep. Let it, letting it steep. That's right. That's exactly right. So for me, again, I gave uh, Snowdonia an eight and a half and I gave the deluxe set a nine. 
I'm right still at an eight and a half for Alubari, but I like it better than base game. Totally understand that. I thought about doing that too. Yeah, I, I think it's not enough to really bump it up to that next level. Now, here's the thing. I almost wonder... Could you could you play Snedonia? If you have Snedonia, could you play a version of Alubari with it? Probably not. Probably not because of the. But you can make some changes actions. that that are still good. Like you know, the the Chai tea would be the really difficult piece to do with that. But you could add extra equipment. You know, make the equipment cards like the or the engine cards like the equipment cards in Alubari. But again, that might throw off the balance. Who knows? But anyway. I, it's eight and a half is really good for me. I, I still, I'm going to kind of move into the, is it worth it question? I don't know okay. what the, the, the price is on this, but when I'm looking at, if I don't have anything and I'm looking at these two games and I don't think Snedonia base game, regular game is something that you can find. I don't think, I think it's just the deluxe master set. Maybe I'm wrong about that. And Alubari. Alubari, I think, is the way to go unless you think you're going to get a bazillion plays out of this. And if you just have, you know, 100 bucks laying around to get the Deluxe Master set. So I think Alubari is the way to go if you don't have anything. I have Snedonia, and I don't see the need to get Alubari, although I'm thankful that you have it because I want to play it. So, yeah, you can, um, in U.S., you can pre-order it now on a couple, like Miniature Mart has it. It's $47.99. Um I agree with what you said. Uh, for forty seven ninety nine, it's totally worth it to me. Now that's yeah. I haven't seen all the actual production components and stuff like that. But again, for me, it's, any game that I'm going to give eight and a half nine to, um, it's going to be worth forty something dollars to me, pretty much. But I agree with you, Dean. Like, if you, if you have the if I had the deluxe master set of Sidonia, I probably wouldn't feel obligated to buy Alabari. If you if I didn't and I just had regular Snedonia, or I don't have any of these. And if you're listening to this going, I've never really heard of these. I think it's a really good game and I would totally buy it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that's the, yeah, I think, I, I think that's probably the way to go. And again, you know, there, there are some people that you're like, I, I'm going to get a hundred plays out of this game. If that's the case, what, what would you go with? Get a hundred plays out of Alabari or you've played like I'm going to pick one of these games and I'm going to get a hundred plays out of it. Which one would you rather oh, have? Oh, yikes. I mean, if you can pay the hundred dollars, I'd go for this deluxe master set. Yeah. But that's a lot of money. It is. I mean, but if you're going to get a hundred plays, yeah. that's way worth it. Yeah. I could. Yeah, for sure. There's. Yep. <laughs> is that, I think that's a good way of looking at it, right? Yeah, I think so. Yep. But if you're not, if you're the normal person who might, you know, the normal gamer, I should say, that is going to get four or five plays out of it. Alibari. Just get Alibari. This is the way to go. For sure. Oh, okay. Hey, we agree. There you go, man. Almost completely, except on the, the rating. And even but... Starfares. Like, we were really close right. on both of uh, these games. How about that? Give me, give me a high five. It's, Can I hear it? It just it, it kind of hit me that both of these games are, we didn't really plan this out this way, but they're like 2.0 versions of a game oh, we that was already made. It. We planned it. Oh, we did. Maybe we should go back and do the beginning again. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> to say that we planned it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so that is Alubari, a nine from John, eight and a half from me. Tell people how they can get in touch with us. All right, so if you are enjoying our podcast, we would love for you to give us a little review or subscribe to it if you haven't subscribed to it yet. Uh, we are also on YouTube, which we will be doing, hopefully, videos on both of these games and then again on some of the ones we, at least mutants, that we mentioned earlier 
earlier. Uh, that is Meeple Town Games. Uh, give us a subscribe there. We would love that. We're also on in internet. <laughs> We're also on the internet. We're on the internet. Oh everyone. my goodness. On the World Wide Web. Instagram is what I meant to say. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All those are at Meeple Town Games. And we're Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Seven. Thanks for coming down to Meeple Town. Mm -hmm.